Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is evangelist Justin Cooper coming to today from somewhere along the Revival Trail. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. You know, it would not be worth your time, nor would it be worth my effort, if you were to tune in and I were to prepare just to deliver thoughts from my own head and opinions from my own outlook on life, I'm glad that we don't have to rely on the word or thoughts of Justin or yours for that matter either, but I'm glad we have the very word of God. God will honor his word. There's no book like the Bible. The Bible is alive. It's quick and it is powerful. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It is a balm when you're broken. It is food when you're hungry. It is water to the thirsty. It is a sword in spiritual battle. There is no book like the Bible. And I thank God for His Word. We have been studying together in Ruth, and we are in Ruth chapter number two. And we have done five studies already in this fifth chapter, and this will be uh, study number six, and we'll continue uh, down through the text of Ruth, sorry, Ruth chapter number two. And you'll remember the setting. Ruth and Naomi have come back now to Bethlehem, and as they've come back, they have come back destitute. They have come back broke and come back broken. They don't have any wealth. They have no inheritance. All of that was lost and squandered when Elimelech led his family into the world. And let me give you a word of warning. You'll never win by taking yourself out of God's will and going into the world. The prodigal son thought he saw bright lights and a good time there in the far country. But he found himself broken. He found himself wallowing in the mire. He found himself wanting and having nothing. And the same thing will be true in your life and mine. The best place to be is in God's will. I remember hearing Dr. Bob Jones Sr. And I was listening to a recording from many years ago. He made a stout statement on the will of God. He said, if it was God's will for me to go to hell, uh, then I'd rather go to hell than heaven. Because if it was God's will for me to be there, it would be heaven to me. I don't know that I would make that statement, but I do understand the sentiment behind the statement. He is saying that there's no better place to be than in the center of God's will. I hope you're having a great day today. It's a beautiful day here in Cowpen, South Carolina, and the humidity is a little high. The temperature is up there to match it, but God is on his throne. The birds are singing in the air. You can uh, see fall is right around the corner as I record this particular study, and we're excited about all the good things God is doing. Now, as we continue in our text today, Naomi uh, and Ruth, I said, are back in Bethlehem, and Ruth has gone forth to glean. The Bible tells us as she goes forth to glean, she goes and finds a field, and she's looking for a place she can find grace, and that's what she needs as a broken individual, and that's what you and I need every day of our lives is we need grace. And she gets to a field by owned by a man named Boaz. Now, she doesn't know who Boaz is, but Boaz is a man that can turn her life around. He is a near kinsman. He's a mighty man of wealth. He has power to redeem. He has power to restore everything that they had lost 
in Moab. Now, this is the goodness of God. Ruth is not out there looking for all of that. She's just trying to get through the day. She's just trying to put food on the table for another meal. She's just trying to make the ends meet for the immediate. But God always goes above and beyond in the area of blessing people. God is just so good uh, in our life. And God doesn't just introduce her to somebody that can meet her need for the moment, but somebody who can change her life and that for ever. Boaz sees Ruth in his field and he says, now listen, you don't have to go anywhere else. You stay right here. He said, from now on, he said, I want you to eat what my uh, servants eat. I want you to glean next to the maidens here in the field. You're going to get everything that they get. He said, I, I want to make sure that you're taken care of. And I like that because what he's saying is, I'm going to be the one who puts the food on your table. I'm going to be the one who provides for your need. You don't have to go find it any place else. You've come to the right place today. Uh, and she finds grace in his sight. Now, we talked about this last study, verse 11. And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. And we talked about how God keeps record. You be good to people, and you watch how God is good to you. Now, God is good to us in spite of us, but I think God uh, enjoys it when his children love on one another. And whenever he sees you and I have that charity, talks about in 1 Corinthians 13, charity above all. He sees us with that uh, uh, active love displayed towards someone else. God keeps score. Now listen, you might not always get your thank you down here, and you might not get your accolades from those you're even a blessing to, but you better believe our Heavenly Father knows all about it. And you can't outgive God, you can't outlove God, and you can't outbless God, and God is good at rewarding his children. Let's pick up our reading today in verse 13. Then she said, let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for that thou hast comforted me, and for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaidens. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her parched corn, and she did eat, and was sufficed, and left. Now, for the few minutes we have remaining together today, I want us to notice the phrase in verse 13. Ruth says, Let me find favor in thy sight. Now, if you look back into the previous verses that we've read, in verse number 10 specifically, she mentions that she had already found grace. But now we find Ruth going beyond grace and asking for something more. She is asking not just simply for grace, but now she's asking for favor. Isn't that interesting? Boaz has already been good to her, and now Ruth is saying, I'm wondering if I can get a little bit more. And you'll find as you study the text that he blesses her over and above what he had blessed her with before and said, now you're going to not just get bread, but bread to dip in vinegar. You're not going to just get corn, but parched corn. You're going to get more than you bargained for. I'm going to bless you beyond. I'm going to favor you. I'm going to give you some things that maybe you wouldn't have gotten. But since you asked, and since you desired, and since you longed for it, 
It's all for you. Now listen, Christian, God is good to all of us. He is. And all of us today are trophies of grace. And I, I have my hand raised like, like you can see me. I know that you can't, but it's just I'm testifying that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a trophy of God's grace. But I want you to understand that God will go beyond the grace realm and there is such a thing as God's favor. Have you ever looked at somebody and thought, wow, God's hand is on their life. God's touch is on their life. God's light seems to shine brightly upon their life. What is the difference? What is the distinction? That individual is somebody who has stepped out of the realm, if you will, of grace, and now they've added under their grace the favor of God as well. How do you get that favor? Well, Ruth got it by asking. She simply longed for it. She desired for it. She hungered for it. I wonder how many churches there are across our world today that are enjoying blessings from God but they're not enjoying the number of blessings or the size of blessing they could enjoy if they hungered for more. I wonder how many Christians there are at large. No doubt they're enjoying God's grace because every day we live, move, and exist, we exist in grace. But because they fall short of asking, they don't enjoy the favor. I had a note written down. I wrote it down yesterday for a different message that I'm preparing. Prayer is how we withdraw from heaven's bank. There are so many good things waiting for us in the storehouse of God, but I tell you how you get it out. You get it out by asking. And that's all prayer is, is asking. I'm praying God will give you and I hunger today to say, thank God for grace, but I hunger for some favor. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Make sure you join us next broadcast. We'll continue here in Ruth chapter 2. Until then, pray with me for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.